What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. I'm sitting down with interesting humans just trying to gain some perspective. And we have a great guest for you today. Before we get there, though, I want to send a big thank you to my good friends over at Jombo Superfoods. Go to jombocbd.com. You can check out their full line of products. I absolutely love their Muscle Bomb. I love their fucking, their uh, their ghee, so their CBD butter. I love, I, I love all their products, to be honest with you. And so many people are getting a lot of benefits from cannabidiol, CBD. It's one of the many compounds found within the cannabis plant. This particular cannabinoid is showing to help think, uh, help people with things like inflammation and helps with your gut health and your brain health and it can help with your mood regulation. Just a ton, a ton of benefits uh, are being had by people all around the world. So go check them out. You can use the code OUTSIDE when you check out. You'll save 20% off of the entire order. And they're pretty much always doing buy two, get one free. So you'll save 20% off of that entire thing. Like, that's just a win win all the way around, man. So go check them out. JumboCBD.com. Use the code outside when you check out. We are also brought to you by St. Louis Deck and Fence. That's right. We have a brand new sponsor on the show. Go check them out at STLDeckandFence.com. Hey, listen, if you're in the market and you're in the St. Louis area, you're looking for a new deck or a new fence, give these guys a call. The work is actually great. You, you've heard me actually talk about remodeling my house, and a part of it is for sure landscaping. We're going to be putting in a privacy fence, and we're 100% going to go with these guys. So check them out, stldeckandfence.com, uh, St. Louis Deck and Fence on Facebook. My guest today, I sit down with Jeremy Janine. I don't know why. It's Jeremy Janine. I always call him Janine. I, I just I always do it. I'm a weird guy like that. But uh, man, Jeremy's a cool ass human being. Super funny, super motivated, just a hardworking individual. He's a trainer. He uh, just an all around entrepreneur, really. He's, he's growing um, a DJ and photography business. He's growing a construction business. He's continuously growing his fitness business. Jeremy just works his ass off, and he's just a cool-ass human being. I really uh, am glad we were able to sit down for round two. If you haven't checked it out, we uh, sat down, I think around like 51 or two or somewhere in there. Uh, we sat down before, uh, but this time we uh, – it's always better the second time around because the first time we had never met before. I just walk in, hey, I'm Adam. Hey, you're Jeremy. You know, I've kind of seen you on – on Instagram a little bit. I thought you'd be an interesting guy. I want to sit down and talk to you, but there's no real familiarity. Now we have some rapport built and there's some familiarity there. And it's just, it can be that much more of a fun conversation when you have, uh, some of that rapport already built. This was definitely one of those. So we, we got into some fun stuff and, uh, I think you guys growing are going to enjoy it. So here we go, guys, Jeremy, Janine, let's gain some perspective. Oh, you know what? We do have to do it again because I wasn't re I wasn't recording. Oh, this is right my dream right here. When I did the snap. Fuck. Here it comes. Yeah. Ready and action. Action. Bah! Ba 
Yeah, no, we're super official. It's a lot different. That's than, oh man, you got a clicker board and everything. Yeah, dude, we got the clacker, we got the lights. There you go, my man. This it's, is legit. It's way different than been last a bit. Time. You've been put on, been cranking out some episodes. I'm doing my best, homie. You're doing awesome. So what's been up, dude? Man, just grinding, you know, pushing myself and uh, trying to step everything up. Yeah, dude, you um, you got you're working on four different businesses right now, which we'll talk about. Yeah. I, what I really want to fucking talk about is you're beating up homeless men. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn bully. Oh man, yeah, it's a it's a jungle downtown, and uh, you better be on your toes. That was some crazy stuff. Yeah, what happened? The- Tell me. Talk. Let's talk. Talk me through that, dude. Like, what what the fuck? What's going on? All I know is, you know, you look online, and the, 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 that's the thing about online is your imagination can like go anywhere, oh, yeah. anywhere with it, right? All I know is you you had picture of your hand, uh-huh. it's all bloody, yeah, blood everywhere on the concrete, right? Picture of from like kind of a distance, dude getting arrested, yeah, and then you know a few days later your hands wrapped, and you know I've kind of seen you here and there since then, but right? Dude, what in the world was going on downtown? Oh, uh, man. So I was up. I don't – I usually try to get in bed pretty early. And this particular night, I met uh, my friend, DJ Cinnamon, out at this bar at uh, Start Bar. Go over there and uh, – Start Bar, you said? Start Start Bar. Start Bar. The uh, video game bar downtown. Oh, dope. So I had – I don't drink. And so I'm knocking, not really paying attention to what I'm doing. And I'm, like, knocking back sugar-free Red Bulls like nobody's business. So it's it, – uh, you know, I'm, I get done. I was just taking some pictures for her. I get done with that, and I realize how wired I am. And my yeah. buddy's up the street at, uh, or I hoped he was at the street, up the street at Lucas Park, and he's usually got some buds on him or something. And I was straight out, which is a rarity. So you're so down there in Washington. I'm, I drive, I leave Start Bar, go over to Washington Avenue. I'm hanging out. I'm at the bars. Uh, doesn't happen. I run into a friend, get sidetracked. I end up staying at the bar till close, and then I run up the street. Uh, talking to my friend at um, Hair of the Dog, talked to him for a bit. So I'm well after all the bars have closed. Everything's shut down. There's uh, like almost nobody around. So it's just like 3.30 in the morning? No, no, it couldn't have been that late. So it what had to be like two, closed? 1.30? Yeah, one, I think these bars closed at like 2.30, so 2.30. And then another, I, uh, by the time I left Hair of the Dog, it was like 2.45 maybe. I, uh, don't quote me on that. Close to 3. Let's just say We'll it. say that. We'll say like Shit, yeah, Nothing good happens at 3 in the morning. No, it doesn't, especially not downtown. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I'm heading back to my truck and I'm just, you know, still wired. Didn't, didn't get any blood. I'm walking down this, this, uh, You're budless. Yeah, I'm budless. I'm walking down this back alley and I get to, um, get to my truck and I'm thinking about trying to lay out everything in my head of what I'm going to do the day before or the, the next day and, and trying to fit, you know, plan it all out mentally. And as I'm walking, I see out of the corner of my eye my truck door, and I turn to my truck. So I'm literally 12 inches away from my door, yeah. and there's a guy in my truck uh, hanging, like just sitting there like he's about to take off driving, right? <laughs> Hands on the steering wheel. And, uh, you know, I look over. Now, to, just to give you guys some kind of a perspective of, like, where I was at, my truck has been broken into 20 – I think that was 29 times in the past uh, – 10 months. You okay. a new truck, bro. Yeah, right? It's a Dodge Ram. So it's the it's like the theft mobile. It's the one that all the thieves go for. Dodge Rams, they're on them. Uh, they love Dodge Rams. It's just like a fucking magnet for people. You think they're just easy to break into? I think they're super easy to break into. Um, it, you know, I'm a, I'm a former mechanic. I used to do a lot of lock work stuff. And so they're super easy to slide in. Boom. Uh, locks easy to slide up. It's super, super easy simple. Easy to like hotwire if you had to? Uh, I've never really hotwired, but 
from what I've seen them do, yeah, they just break out the uh, starter, the starter, and they rip it, literally rip it out. Then there's a little pin. You shove a screwdriver in there and just twist it, oh. and the car the strut starts up. It's pretty simple to do. Yeah, it's amazing. You still have that thing. Oh yeah, yeah, it's been stolen. Um, no, I, yeah. <laughs> so when, anyway, yeah. So I turn face this guy and uh, you know realize that there's a guy in my truck and I don't know what to think of. So I I just open the door on instinct, right? Because I'm already right there. So I open the door and the guy looks over and screams out, "Oh fuck!" Right? <laughs> and at that point, I'm unsure what exactly is going on. I have a good idea, it's but fucking the, go time. That's what's going the on. Second, right? The second he screams out, "Oh fuck!" He turns his body away from me and tries to shimmy past me, and I just clock him as hard as I could. What's going through your mind at that time? My mind is fuck this dude out because I don't know if he's got a gun. I don't know if he's got a knife and we are already in a arm to arm situation where uh, I cannot like I, I can't get away from the guy. You're, I mean, you're, you can. But if he's armed, the smartest thing to do is knock his ass the fuck out. Hmm. I mean, if you got the skills to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you don't, don't fucking knock the guy the fuck out. Just be like, hey, sorry, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But that's where you went. You were like, man, I got to fucking. It's time to lay him out. This guy might have a weapon. You oh, know, yeah. You're already in like close quarters with this dude. Already close quarters. I don't know what's going to happen. But all I know is I just want to put him out as fast as I can. And so I drill him. He takes the hit, spins back, hits me back immediately. So now in my head, it's popping off like, oh, this guy's got to be trained. Because for me to hit you full force and you just to spin around and hit me immediately back, like, you've got to have some practice. Or you're on crack. Or you're on some crazy shit. You don't which, feel anything. Who knows how it is. But to have that response to immediately hit back. Yeah, so you turn around, he hits you immediately. Immediately hits me back. Like, bam, bam, right? Hits me back. So now it's go off. time. I'm hammering this guy. He's hammering me. I start catching the best of him. I start, he drops his head to kind of cover up in a, like, sort of long guard hanging on my coat. And that's when I start teeing off on uppercuts. And he's still not dropping to the floor. So I hip toss him to the ground, body slam to the ground, get on the side mount, start hammer fisting him, start hooking him, just popping him as many times as I can, trying to control his arms. I spun into a mount position and uh, basically tried to close my legs in around his pockets, uh, you know, keeping his hands away from his hips, making sure he couldn't reach to his pockets in case he had a knife or a gun. And then in the process, just kept beating on him, right? Yeah. So I am hitting this guy, and he's trying to get, you know, he's trying to grapple. He's trying to buck me off. He's trying to shake me, you know, trying to go for sweeps. So he's got some level of experience. Uh, just wasn't ready for what I was bringing to the party. So he's laying there. I'm beating the fuck out of him. And, uh, and he's throwing, he's like, you know, he, uh, he finally uh, has been, like, telling me these different stories, like, chesting me for stories to see if his bullshit will work to stop this, you know, the beating that he's, he's still fighting me, but also, like, trying to, so you're hitting out. him and he's trying to talk to you? Trying to give me excuses. I was in the I was drunk. I'm drunk, right? But he's he's his like folk his voice his voice is completely like there's no slurred speech, nothing. So there's no way he's drunk, right? Yeah. Uh and then finally an ambulance pulls up, right? And this is after I've been beating on him for about a, about a good forty seconds. And uh ambulance pulls up honks her horn and I stop. And I look over at the ambulance and there's a moment of silence, and then he says, uh we're going to fucking kill you. And once he said that, I was like, not today. And I just teed off on him again. I beat the shit out of him. Uh, and I just, I just hit him until, um, until the cops showed up. And then once the cops got there, um, you know, I, I stopped because I'm trying not to get arrested. But I'm still pretty pissed that this guy's in my truck and that I had to duke it out with him. And so the last thing is the cops walking up. And I just one last time just hammer into this guy and uh, bounce him off the concrete. And that was it. What did they say? What did the cops say? Uh, you know, it was kind of like that UFC moment where the ref's stepping in to make sure nothing else happens, but he's also not trying to get physical with me. Yeah. Uh, so 
It, He's trying to calm you down. Yeah, just trying to make sure no more violence happens. So he kind of stepped in, made sure nothing happened. Then they cuffed them. They, uh, you know, they they took him off. And you didn't get cuffed. I didn't get cuffed. You know, because like he's on my pro- he's in my in my truck. I literally had to open the door of the truck to get him out. I didn't get cuffed. You, that's the situation that could have been. You know, some cop could could have come along and been like, "That guy, that son of a bitch." Yeah. Um. How, how yeah. long did this whole thing take to like unfold? How long was the whole thing? You think? I, mean, I would because when you're in it, it probably went super fast. It was like sure, sure, like fucking that. Yeah. So uh, we're long. Who knows? I would have to bet. That from the time that we started the altercation to the time that the cops got there, you're probably talking 15 minutes. Total. 15 total. Who called the cops? I, in the middle of me, like, beating the shit out of them, uh, there was a guy walking up, you know, and they're thinking it's like a bar fight or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I tell this guy, I say, hey, call the cops. And he's like, well, why do I need to call the cops? And I was thinking, uh, he broke into my car, right? But the guy's like, oh, why do I need to call? And he's still asking me, or what, well, why? how do you know? And I'm like, you know, well, how about this? Just call the cops because I'm beating the fuck out of him. Right, like, who gives a fuck? You're watching a guy get the shit beat out of him right now. Uh, maybe I don't call the cops <laughs> right. right now. Shit. So- what's, what's the offense, sir? I'm not sure if this is something worthy of a citizen's arrest. Dude, that is insane. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. And the cops, the cops just kind of chill with you about the whole thing. They were pretty cool about it, and then um, they arrested the guy. They took a bunch of, they took several statements from me, took statements from that guy. That guy's statement was that I, he was just sitting in by himself, minding his own business, standing next to my truck, and I just came up and beat the shit out of him. That's what he said. That's what he said, right? But uh, they definitely, the guy had prior, you know, prior convictions, and the prosecuting attorney even told me that. So the St. Louis PD, they arrest him, they take him in prosecuting attorney they let him go yeah nothing <laughs> nothing at all um so everybody, everybody just walks away everybody just walks to walks away they don't they let him sit and uh yeah i mean so the i guess at least i got to give him a beat down that he'll never forget yeah i mean he'll or he might forget it uh maybe um, but i doubt a lot it. Of brain trauma yeah he might forget you hit, it you're a hit, you're a big dude man you hit hard y- i mean obviously pads. i've been holding pads for you yeah like you hit fucking hard bro i've been training and uh doing a lot of muay thai stuff with adam so uh, we usually meet up about twice a week once or twice a week uh i we're trying to shoot back up to the twice a week but yeah you know so i uh i train regularly and i make sure that i keep my tools sharp um not trying to be like competing or anything but i just i love fighting i love the you know combat sports and so it's always nice just to stay on it well dude it's important right i mean uh, yeah. to, to keep the skills sharp whether or not you're trying to to compete or not but just to have the ability if a yeah. situation does arise exactly and you know it, it's good it's always good to have that um for self defense or in this weird situation uh kind of an offensive situation maybe um, at first, I don't know how you want to describe it, but it was a real odd situation. And, you know, had I not had those skills, I mean, you know, it's, you never know how that could have gone. Yeah, no, 100%, because at the end of the day, you'd, you'd like to avoid those conflicts. Right. You seem to have more of those conflicts in your life than some oh, other yeah. people, <laughs> some oh, other yeah. fucking people. But, I mean, if you don't have the ability or at least, like, the confidence in yourself to know that once in a situation like that does arise, that you can handle yourself. Right. Then like, you're just doing yourself a giant disservice, man. You know, and that's, um, man, it, yeah, it's a tough thing. It's and you know, there's a lot of people that don't, there's like this lack of manliness, I think in society right now where yeah. guys, guys are like afraid to do manly stuff. Yeah, you know? dude. It's, it's not cool to be a man. Oh, I guess masculine. not. I, I'll be not cool all day. 
But, uh, you know, a perfect example is I post about the, that thing happening on uh, Facebook and some guy gets on there saying, like, you, you, I can't believe you took the law into your own hands. And his suggestion is that I just tell, you know, I, I leave it alone, I walk away, and I, you know, let him steal whatever he wants to steal. Fucking and pussy. Well, yeah, you know, and so in, um, it's just some, it's such an odd thing to, like, say that, like, I'm literally being robbed and he's like, you should just let him rob you, you know? Yeah, I mean, I kind of get that argument, right? I mean, you don't want to you don't want put to yourself in a situation you don't have to. Where you could get shot, you don't know the outcome, you know? And so, yeah, I'm definitely on, on the same page. Like, nobody should really be doing that. Um, but that was a weird situation where I was just up in the mix. Like, you're, you, you know, I didn't even realize I was there until 12, 12 inches away. Yeah, dude, sometimes it happens fast. And yeah. And you need to be able to defend yourself. You've got to. And if, if you know, you, you don't get to choose when it happens, but you, you do get to choose ahead a lot of times what the potential outcome might be. Oh, 100%. 100%. Now, if you, now you do a lot of stand-up striking, right? we got to get you mm-hmm. into jiu-jitsu. You, you probably could just choke that dude out. And not have to like, beat the shit out of him with your fist. Yeah, I, I 100% know I could have done that. <laughs> you just chose otherwise? I always choose otherwise. Uh, Even uh, in my MMA career, the only guy that I ever submitted uh, wasn't because, like, you know, I, I, uh, Brian Gidry was a ref. I soccer kicked this guy in the face. He literally drops to the canvas. Like, he's shooting in on me. I catch a mid-shot, soccer kick. Drops the canvas. Uh, guy's borderline out. Gidry's not moving in, so I swing through, and I end up choking this guy out. As I'm, I'm moving into the mount position, my shoulder slips out of socket, right? So my shoulder's out, and I literally used my body and swung it up around him, and I did this funky rear naked choke. But all in all, my, uh, my instinct, I don't know if it's aggression or crowd entertainment or whatever, in this case particularly, it was I was trying to knock this guy the fuck out. Yeah, just put him out. Cold. It's cold. Yeah, and so uh, that was just, I think that, I don't know, maybe I have a very violent uh, decision-making process, but it maybe pretty easily. Yeah, because I would have just been like whispering as he just go to sleep, just go to sleep. Just, ah, just stop, just stop, just stop, just chill, just relax, relax. Yeah, nice and warm and fuzzy. You like that feeling? Read the grandma. As I go, read the name tag now, Grandma. You're in my world. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the greatest fucking lines in all of movies. Now, how much did Red Bull have to do with this encounter? Oh, uh, not much, other than the fact that I was awake. And you're wired as fuck. This, yeah, this stuff is terrible for your heart. It's like oh, liquid yeah. crack. Yeah, and it's actually better for you now than it was ten years ago. But what is that saying? Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know if you know this, but like back in the day, uh, Red Bull, for those of you guys who started drinking it uh, that are a lot younger than, us, than me, uh, it used to have ephedrine in it. Did it really? Yeah. Originally, oh. ephedrine. And people, wow. a few people died from that because, you know, think about this. You're drinking a vodka and Red Bull all night. You yeah. You knock back 10 of those. That's literally, that's like three times the amount of ephedrine that you would need in a single day. Wow. Not need, but that you would take in a single day. I did not know that. What I did know, I, at least I think as i'm pretty sure like they don't sell red bull in europe like just because of the ingredient list like it's not a safe drink so i'm pretty sure you can't buy it in europe i think i could be wrong but i'm pretty confident on that one and there's a lot of studies that show that mixing energy drinks along with alcohol that it just increases the likelihood of violent behavior uh you blacking out it also increases um uh they they did some i think it was like hooking up Uh, yeah that's terrible Right. <laughs> so unless you're on a date, stay away from that vodka Red Bull. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just I try to stay away from all energy drinks. I yeah. just feel like they're all bad for you. They definitely are. I think it's like with cigarettes, you know, 
for the longest time they were everywhere. They're extremely socially like socially acceptable. There right. were doctors' offices and airplanes. And oh yeah, everywhere. And then fast forward, you find out, hey, those give you cancer. Right. And you shouldn't be, you know, having those. I feel like that's going to be the same situation of, of like energy drinks. I feel like if you don't already know that energy drinks are not good for you, like maybe you're lying to yourself. You'd be surprised, bro. I mean, you know, you work with a lot of general pop, oh, right? People can always, they always convince themselves or they backward, backwards rationalize their behavior. Yeah, they think everything, or, you know, you hear it when you're young and you just have this ideal for your whole life. Right. Or you're like, well, it makes me happy. So, like, to your point, you will rationalize your decision to be like, no, this is totally healthy. This microwave dinner, it oh, yeah. says health it on says it. It says chicken on it. It's it says right all there. natural. 100% natural. Yeah, I'm always surprised by how many people don't know how to read food labels. Yeah, um, that's something. I mean, I think people just don't. And then it's been around for so long. People grow up with it. They don't like the, the fact that there's all these different chemicals in their foods. Like, it doesn't even phase them. Yeah, you're just, you're just accustomed to it. Right. Yeah. How many foods do you think still have, like, MSG in them? I don't know. That number's dropping dramatically, but there are still foods, like lots of foods commonly that use uh, monosodium glutamate. Dude, most foods are corn, which MSG is derived from corn. Most, oh, yeah? Yeah, most things are from corn. Wow. Like, we have such a high corn diet, people don't even realize it, other than, like, high fructose corn syrup, sure. right? And then um, corn itself. There's corn like flakes. There's probably, like, 10 or 12 different ingredients that all are derived from corn. That's, like, our primary ingredient food. Yeah. Um, At least in America. It's crazy. It's cheap, and it's everywhere. That's by design. But we're big. You know, we got a lot of food in America. We have more food than they lead you to believe. Thanks to all the corn. <laughs> big corn-fed fucking Nebraska. Hell yeah. Oh, shit, bro. So you're, uh, you know, I think last time we talked, we were really, like, talking mostly about health and wellness mm -hmm. because that's kind of like – like comedy and health and wellness is is like those are your jams. Like yeah. I feel like you're really known for those. Yeah. But you're building some other businesses, dude. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're a mover and a shaker, man. So you're sure. working on like four companies right now. I am. They all and kind of like interplay with each other, right? They do for me. Um, they probably wouldn't for most people. Like for most people, it would be a terrible idea. But I've got I think a unique skill set, and it's not just something new. It's something that I've been working on for like years. Yeah. Um. So it's pretty. Uh. For me, I think it'll work fine. But for most people, I don't think it would. But uh, to give like a rough overview is I'm working into the social media field. I've been doing social media stuff. Yeah, you you've know, been doing that for a little bit. For, yeah, for a long time for the gym. So I've been doing it uh, easily at least eight years, photography, videography. Um, so that – You have some really good photos. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I've been uh, featured in I think six magazines in the past two months. Oh, um, nice. Been, yeah, getting some awesome photos, awesome drone footage, awesome video footage. And then, you know, tying all that back into uh, storylines, and uh, that's the tricky part. It's like getting the, getting the media that you're taking and creating to connect. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just – that's like a whole process in itself, right? 100%. And it's different process for everybody. So for some companies, what might work for them, like, might not work for me. Yeah. Are you investing any, like, dollars into trying to grow your social – Absolutely. Like trying to like, you know, the reach that you're getting with your, yeah. your content. Yeah. Yeah. I've spent a lot of money, but not necessarily. Um, I don't spend as much money as trying to get reach as I do uh, trying to get leads and generate sales. Um, I also do reach stuff, 
But in my opinion, a lot of the reach stuff that I can generate is more efficient via social media, um, just creating awesome content that's shareable. Yeah. Um, I get more than enough reach and more than enough people that share my stuff on a regular basis that yeah. um, the reach thing isn't that big of a deal to me. Yeah. So not as big of a need to invest money in to establish reach. Yeah. You're really good at creating group communities. Sure. Yeah, dude. Like, what was it? V- meme, uh, which one was it? Was it Meme vi- City? City or Village? Uh, meme C- City. City, Meme right? Village is a tiny, tiny. Yeah. Uh, we, by design, we keep it that way. It's only like 40, 50 members. But Meme City, I think, is around 3,000. Yeah, that shit, like, blew up quick. Yeah. It, it got uh, weird. It got weird got fast. It got real weird, real dark. It got real weird, weird, like, fast. It was like, oh, this is cute and funny. And then they're like, hey, let's make this group private. And then once we made it private, it got a, it got a great, like, man. There's stuff in there that I don't – that's <laughs> – Everybody started getting super political. Yeah, yeah. So it, it started getting really political, and I'm not a big fan of that because I just want to make – you know, want to see funny shit. Well, even if it – like, even if you do get political, I think when you start getting butthurt about it is when people – it's like, what? who gives a shit? If, if it goes against your beliefs or right. it goes with your beliefs, like, it's, a, it's supposed to be funny. Right. Can you not see, the like, the humor in it at least? Well, and that's just it is that um, – you know, it, political things can be hard to tiptoe on the line of staying funny and also staying impartial. Yeah. And I think once you start going one side or the other, even uh, for some people, even a little bit, it's just a big turnoff because they're uh, – how's that go? Their beliefs are wrapped up in their identity. A lot of people do identify with their beliefs. You, right. You know what I like mean? Like it's part of them. Like their belief system – isn't something that can be changed and molded if there's better information. Yeah. It's like part of them. It's part of them. Yeah. Well, it's tied to your ego. Yeah, and yeah. then if your beliefs are challenged right. or contradicted and then you start feeling like someone's attacking you. Right. You can't separate yourself from your beliefs. Right. I wonder why people do that. It doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean. I we, think it comes with time. Well, information is there's so much information. Sure. And we're always getting new information and we're always learning new things. Right. So it's why can't. Some people have an open mind and just be like, hey, it's okay. We don't like to be wrong. You know right. what I mean? And even myself, like it feels weird to be wrong. And it does. It, it, it's a skill to start admitting when you're wrong and right. to change your belief. Yeah. But for some reason, we hold this like this value sure. in people stating a belief and then sticking to it no matter what. You see it all the time in fucking Absolutely. politics, right? It's like a politician will change their mind on an issue yeah. and then all of a sudden like they – like, they can't be trusted because they can't make up their mind. Instead right. of saying, hey, they got new information. This information is better than the old information I have, and now I formed a new opinion. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's – it's – I feel like politicians flip-flop a lot, and then I think that once you've – you know, and, and think about how big of a change you make from being at the beginning of a political career to, like, being up in the mix. Yeah. You know? As you start getting higher and higher clearance and you get more and more information, I mean, you are you have information that probably the general public doesn't have and you have to react oh, on that. Oh, you for sure do. So, to, I mean, if you're a politician and you have the same exact beliefs that you have at the very beginning that you do like two, three, four years into your show, like, uh, you're not learning anything. You 100% are not learning. If you still think the same thing all these years later, then you're not learning anything. Right. I thought it was very interesting – I don't know if you um, listened to the Joe Rogan with Edward Snowden. Yes. He made one really good point in there, and I thought it was interesting when he pointed out how there is, in America, 
a political class. It's like a whole separate class of people, uh-huh. and they're all politicians, right? Because they do this for a living, and right. if in some cases there's no term limits, and or you can just keep rerunning, or you know you go up the ladder. Yeah, it's it created a whole new class of people here in America. Yeah, the political class that absolutely does not represent the will of the people, which is what they're supposed to be doing. Right. I thought that was super interesting. Because, uh, yeah. You know what I mean, dude? Oh yeah, uh, man. There, I know, I know a few politicians, and definitely, it's uh, the laws are changing actually for that. I think particular reason because what um, only twenty years ago, twenty years ago, you could run for office, you could take the money that was donated to your campaign, you could take that money and you could spend it on clothes. I mean, even after you left, like you lost, right? As long as you're continuing into that type of stuff, I think you were able to spend it on food, on clothing, on a home. Like you could buy a house, you could spend it on a car, you could spend it on schooling. Um, so there's a lot of different things that if you run for office and fail, you still have all that money. Now they changed the rules where I think now you have to donate it. Maybe you have to give it back to either the political party or something of of that sort. You can't just go spend it on your own stuff. Maybe. I don't know, dude. I'm almost positive. Well, the fact that they can collect all that money and what we call lobbying, it's just legal bribery, dude. Yeah. 100%. And there's all types of companies that have, they'll spend all the money that they can on whatever political person gets in. Yeah. And they don't care which party they're for, whether it's Democratic or Republican. They just are going to pick the person that is going to be most likely to support them. But they're still going to give it to both parties. So they'll give millions of dollars to either person because it increases their influence over that political candidate. Yeah. It's madness, dude. It's madness. That was was a bit of a tangent, but let's go back to you. <laughs> this is just how we were. It's how we yeah. roll. Um, the ADD to the fullest. It's okay, man. I just fuck. Why not, dude? This is my show. Do, what I, do what I want, bro. Um, you uh, you've been playing the piano for how long? Uh, now it's been seven years. Cause like entertainment is like really your jam, right? Whether it's yeah. whether it's comedy, whether sure. it's playing piano, whether it's through social, uh-huh. like the you know the, the the videos you do. Yeah, like entertainment's like a big part of what you do. Like yeah, it's your whole brand. It is, and uh, you know it's it's something that I try to tie into my social media. You know. Um, it's yeah it is a big part of what I do and I like entertaining people I like making people laugh and it's um it's marketing 101 yeah so where the attention goes the energy grows write that down done (laughs) so yeah the next one of the things that I'm working into is actually getting into uh, music production through you know my knowledge of piano and what I've been working on with uh, piano and drum stuff so I'm going to start creating more music, which I'm looking forward to. And then um, I'm also going to use that music that I'm creating for videos. So from a video perspective, you can really bring out a lot more um, emotion in the video. Yeah. If you have accompanying music that not that you have to run the uh, video to the music, but if you're good enough that you could actually run the music to the video. What do you mean? Um, you said run the video to the music? So if you look at a lot of video production now, a lot of video production, they do their cuts, their edits, their clips, their little flashes. If on the guys that are doing um, certain types, they will actually run all that, run all the splicing and everything to the beat of the video. Oh, I got it. And then you're talking about uh, composing music specifically for the video. Right. And so you have – there's different ways to do it. But essentially, with a lot of music, you're creating this emotional line. Yeah. Right? And I don't know if you've ever played with it, but if you ever want a funny experiment, you take a, take some kind of a comedy like a Benny Hinn and you switch out – or what is it, Benny Hill? Um, I'm saying that right? I don't know, dude. 
Anyways, take some old, cool, old school comedy where they're doing around doing some slapstick stuff. It might be, uh, you know, Charlie Chaplin or whoever. But if you just switch out the music, it changes the entire feel of the video. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think they've done that with, like, horror movies. Sure. Right? You take out the dramatic music. Take out music the dramatic music. put in, like, funny music yeah. or something. <laughs> I try to keep that in mind when I'm watching that. So the more I've gotten into, like, video production yeah. and, like, this whole side of it, like, I look at – uh, video like movies and and TV like I look at it way different. Absolutely, in my mind, especially like some of these like real big dramatic scenes where yeah. maybe it's just two people doing a dialogue or or somebody doing a monologue. I'm like, somebody just said action and they just had to turn it on and right. he- and hear the fuck we are. Yeah, <laughs> and like all these people are around and there's lighting and there's cameras and there's there's uh. There's people holding mics and like right. there's just all of this going on. So like now I think about all of the behind the scenes, like what's going on and like to make this happen. It's an interesting perspective. They're like making love and they're like and cut. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be an awkward thing to do. All these people around and have to do a fucking love scene. There was uh, who was it? The girl? I think the girl from uh, uh, Game of Thrones, Khaleesi. Yeah, she was talking about the sex scene with Jason Momoa. Oh, what about it? And about how, like, she was just uh, uncomfortable with uh, being fully bare, and I he, bet. like, talked to her, tried to console her. Yeah. I don't, yeah, so. That's got to be an interesting vibe, right? Like, you meet somebody, and then now you guys have to perform this very, like, intimate scene. And be naked? Yeah, like, you're fucking naked. There's right. people everywhere. Like, you're probably cold. This is the one thing I remember from fighting is, like, you're in there half naked, and yeah. it's cold as fuck always. Oh, yeah. I feel super exposed. I don't see. I got more. I got more insulation than you do, so I didn't have the same cold feeling. I, I was I always had cold feelings. Oh man, I never because I, I just got more fat on my body. Um, yeah, I never had that part. But yeah, the weird thing is though. Here's what I always hated about that. Like you know, you're you're like your hands are wrapped up. You got your cup on, mouthpiece in. Your uh, you know, however your fight gear set up. Yeah, you're going out, and then all of a sudden you gotta like piss. Or shit, right? <laughs> Every time. Right, right, right. Every time. And so then, because you got, you got a period of time before the, the fight starts, but you've got, all, like, usually a handler or something that's, you know, ushering you out. Yeah. And so um, every time, like, every time that happens, which was more, it was a lot, uh, I would just think to myself, i like, man, I better not get knocked out because I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now let's get back to the entertainment shit. Yeah. Now you're you're going to be parlaying – um, like, you know, your, your music uh-huh. interest into DJing, right? Yes. Yeah. So I am, uh, I'm building, you know, I already have the skill, the musical skill set to do that, to, uh, start creating beats, to start doing uh, DJ work. And I'm really excited. I just got a couple turntables. I've reached out to a bunch of DJs in the community that are, uh, you know, real supportive. A lot of musicians are real helpful. Uh, if you find the right ones, the, they're just amazing. The, the amount of, um, help that they'll give you yeah without really expecting anything in return just to help you with your art it's pretty pretty awesome yeah that's cool and you can meet people like that absolutely and so uh i am really i'm excited about this that's all going to be happening within the next six months so as i um get all the equipment stuff together and all that yeah i'm pretty pretty excited about it that'll be fun you'll be able to you know use your skills of like being on the mic and you know kind of you know getting the crowd into it 
and just like using your personality that way, and you get to pair it with like the fucking music. Absolutely, get to grow your personal brand the whole way along. I'm super excited about that, and not just about the DJing stuff and the music side, but also utilizing the skills that I already have to help my skills in the broadcast field help grow in that area. Yeah, that's yeah. probably what I think I'm the most excited about. That'll be dope. That'll yeah. be dope. Rick and I are going to South Carolina for New Year's. He's, yeah, he's DJing a party. Oh yeah, yeah. DJ Rick. Boom. Yeah, dude. I'm going to go along with them and capture content for the people, so it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah, dude. We're going to line up a guest while we're out there. Hopefully, we got some big ones coming. But uh, DJing is cool, dude. Fucking, there's going to be a lot of ecstasy and raves. And, no. no. <laughs> you, do, you doing that kind of DJ, those kind of parties? <laughs> I don't know. If they're, they're bringing me in. I'll probably do whatever. But, Dude, I think it'd be fun as shit to like DJ a rave. Give me some MDMA. Give me some crazy lights. Yeah. I'm fucking raving. I would be scared just because <laughs> I feel like I would get so wrapped up that I would forget I was DJing. Yeah, dude. You might just fucking get a water bottle and just tear your clothes off and just fucking go. Yeah, before you know it, you're out in the crowd just dancing and the music stops. Yeah. Like, Man, this DJ sucks. <laughs> dude, set and setting is important, especially when you're talking about psychedelics. But sometimes, sometimes it's cool to just get a little silly and just be around some people. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is. That's a good, good cutback. <laughs> this, this is the world you're about to join, dude. The world up. Yeah. They're what? You got uh, mushrooms legal in... Colorado. Dude, psilocybin, it, pretty soon, MDMA and then psilocybin, I think, will be soon to follow. Like, it'll be legal just kind of everywhere. It's, That'll be good. Yeah, I mean, Chicago, it's, you, I mean, psilocybin is good. I think out on the West Coast, like Oakland and San Francisco, it's yeah. good out there. I think, um, I, I think, think I'm interested in to see how many more people that have, like, PTSD. Um, man, we, I don't know if we talked about this last time or not, but you know, they did a lot of studies with rats. They took these rats, they put them in a cage. They took these rats, and over a period of time, uh, they would they would uh, flash these lights and create this buzzing noise. And at the same time, they'd flash these lights and create this buzzing noise, they'd shock the rats, right? Mm -hmm. And so they'd electrocute them. And they did this again and again until they created this PTSD response in the rats, where whenever they would flash the lights and create the buzz, the rats would just curl up and they'd start, um, start shaking in, in anticipation for the shock. So these rats would just freak out every time they see those lights and see hear that sound. And then what they did is they did something really interesting, and they took uh, these psilocybin spores, and they, they made the, the rats ingest them. And once the rats ingested the psilocybin, they started ministering the lights and the, the buzzer noise. And what they found was the psilocybin, uh, it actually reduced the, uh, the reaction to the lights, reduced the reaction to the stimulus, which decreased the PTSD and eventually eliminated it in the rats. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. So Paul Stamets was just talking about that. And, okay. Um, so he was talking specifically in regards to um, microdosing psilocybin. Okay. So they did that with the rats to where, like, they created, like, this PTSD response, right? Right. Um, and they um i can't remember if it was a, a light or a sound which triggered it what he was talking about but sure. either way they first gave them like a heroic dose like a larger dose wow and um well maybe just not like a heroic dose like whatever is equal to like maybe like 1 gram for a human like a good dose which right. then like kind of blast you off and i think they found that it was like 5 maybe 10 cycles until the rats like forgot about right. the trauma. Sure. And then with, uh, I think like one tenth or maybe one twentieth of a dose. So like a micro dose, mm -hmm. they forgot about the trauma within 
two cycles. So it was actually um, showing like the efficacy of microdosing, which huh. is actually helping people get over this trauma much quicker than like a much larger heroic dose or wow. just like a blast off dose or so something. So you're saying that not getting uh, getting inebriated on it, just taking a small amount, might be more beneficial. Absolutely, yeah. That's kind awesome. of what we're that kind of what we're we're thinking or what we're thinking, kind of where things are headed, is that there are a lot of benefits just with like microdosing right. these substances, where you're not really getting the like the overwhelming or like the full-on visual effects sure. and everything like as far as that's concerned with the plane of vision and all that good shit yeah but you're, like you're getting all of these like benefits medicinally from the microdoses yeah man um and then you know there's or there maybe are, you get the benefits quicker is a better way to say it there the what the other thing that people don't realize about uh the mushroom help and uh, I think this actually would go with acid and with uh, ecstasy, is that it actually shuts down this this uh, chemical your body releases that makes you stop uh, working. Like it makes your muscles shut down. Huh. So it, it keeps your body from releasing that chemical. And if you ever do that while you're working out, which I am not uh, recommending that, but I am telling you, it will give your endurance a different, completely different level. Huh. That I'm not familiar with. But, yeah, you for sure don't get tired the same. You probably lick the mats a lot more, you know. But, yeah, you probably won't get tired as fast. Maybe if you're a weirdo, you'll lick the mats a lot more. I'll lick the mats. Fucking weirdo. Whatever. Whatever. But, yeah, dude, DJing would be fun. Yep. Uh, man, it's uh, it's an interesting field, and um, you know, combining that with my current music ability, I'm man, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, you're like uh, you're like the man who never sleeps. Like you have, oh yeah, that's that's your thing, right? It's like I will outwork whoever. You have no problem working twenty hours a day. No, I don't. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't care about that at all. And there are lots of guys that do the same. You know, it's you know, it's effed up to me, right? Um, I'm willing to work twenty hours a day. Right and work, but I love what I do, and I love I love the video production, I love music stuff, I love the training, um, I love you know I love what I what I'm doing, but there are people that don't love what they're doing, but they're still willing to blow the same amount of time on doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it so make any sense? You know, people think that I'm nuts for actually working towards my goals like twenty hour or twenty hours a day. Yeah, but I think they're nuts for not working towards their goals in twenty hours a day. Yeah, well, dude, I say it all the time, dude. Work is like what you get to do, not a place you have to go. And those people you're talking about, they associate work with this place that they have to go Monday through Friday, or you know, whatever, Wednesday through Sunday, wherever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? They got to put their eight hours, they got to clock in, they got to get their check. That's what they think about. They don't think about the big picture. Right. You know what I mean? They're just, they're satisfied. And that's okay. Some people, not everybody is going to want to be a high achieving, successful person in that regard. Some people are totally cool with like working their nine to five and yeah. doing doing whatever it is they do in the evenings and the, in the weekends. And that's cool. Like yes. we, those people are totally, if you're happy with that life, cool. Absolutely. But if you're bitching about it, like I don't want to hear that shit. Not if you're not going to do anything about it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And for guys like us, you know, for me, like you, like we want more. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So when you are pursuing a life that's not normal, that's more than the average person, Yeah. then it, one, it can make the average person feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But they don't really understand what you're doing. That you don't you don't see the things that we're doing as work. Right. You know what I mean? It's just what you're doing today. Yeah. Um, man, I think I think a lot of people they don't they don't get the big picture. They don't uh, see the correlation between the work they do now and how high they're gonna go. Um, or like you said, they don't care. Um, and if you're satisfied with that, awesome. Do your thing. And one hundred percent. Yeah. You know, there's there's a million ways to to run your life. Go for it. But 
there's um, there are so many people that are unsatisfied and unwilling to work to change. That's to me is a I don't know that'd be a tough spot to be in. It is a tough spot to be in. I remember like whenever I was in the corporate space, and dude, I would go into work and I would just be so miserable. Mm-hmm. Like, you get super depressed, you get super anxious, you just feel this heaviness coming over you, and just the thought of walking into that building and doing whatever the task is, like, for me, it was being on the phones in the call center. Like, just the idea of, like, hearing this beep in my headset. and you got to talk. We're going to talk about PTSD. I'm just like, beep? Oh, fuck. Like, (laughs) I'm freaking out. I don't want to hear this shit. But... It's just the reality, man. I, I totally get that. I used to I used to really live by the mantra of, you know, you do what you got to do until you can do what you want to do. Right. But that only takes you so far. Sometimes you just got to start doing what the fuck you want to do and just figuring it out and making yeah. it work. Because if you're always doing what you got to do, then will you ever really get to do what you want to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, There's a, you know, there's a, it's like a high risk, high reward thing. Yeah. You know? And so you can dive all in and it just, I think it depends on the person, but yeah, if you're always, some people always play, like they play the safe route and, uh, you know, there's, there's a result from that too. Yeah. Nothing great ever happens in the safe zone, dude. You got to get out of that comfort Comfort, zone. Yeah. Yeah, Get out of your comfort zone for sure. Yeah. And then, but then, you know, there's, there are levels of safety because, (laughs) excuse me, there's levels of safety where people, um. There's a safetyness from actually doing dangerous activity, right? You're like, oh, I'm not going to go run across the street with my eyes closed. That's a good idea, right? Because that's fucking dangerous. There's no reward there, right? But then there's also a level of danger where you're like, oh, man, I don't know this. I'm uncomfortable. And that's what I think a lot of people have a hard time delving into. Yeah. Because it's very easy. And again, with like we were talking earlier about rationalizing your behavior, it's really, really easy to whatever it is you choose to always go back to be like, oh, yeah, that was totally the right decision. Yeah. You always rationalize it after the fact. We like to do that. And so, yeah, they, people make terrible, terrible decisions that shape their personality more so because they rationalize the behavior. Yeah. Versus even just the actual uh, decision being like, oh, man, I made one bad decision and I'm going to move on from that and make better decisions. They make the bad decision they're like, that's who I am, and that's what they go with. And they just keep continuing that. Keep it on, they keep on that track. Yeah, I try to tell myself in those moments, like, just because you've made a mistake doesn't mean you have to keep making it. Or you made it for a long time doesn't mean you have to keep making it. You yeah. Know, you, you can change it at any time. Sure. Yeah. And if you're, you know, it, and then people train themselves. They train themselves to be like fight or flight. And uh, some people, whenever they come into a tough situation, a tough problem, they are ready to fight. They're ready to duke it out. Yeah. And then there are also people that they train themselves where it's so ingrained that they are always on flight. And I don't think the answer is either one where it has to be one or the other. I think, uh, you know, you got to treat every situation differently. But, um, you know, the more people tend to fly than they do tend to, tend to duke it out. Yeah. Dude, so you're grinding. You're, you're putting in all this time mm-hmm. to, like, really build this life that you envision for yourself. Yeah. And so you have all this drive, which, I mean, as you know, especially in this area, this very, like, blue-collar yep. community, um, not, we don't have a lot of big dreamers. Right. And there are some, for sure. Sure. They're just a little bit further and farther, like, in between. And, yes. Um, but there's no short of, like, hard workers, right? right. Now, so you have that, that very um, – like blue collar work ethic, right? Yep. With the big vision, which yes. you, you need both, right? right? They're they're both important. How much of your like 
you had a, an accident with the train when yep. you were younger. Like, how much of that has really molded the way you you kind of like view, you know, like the life that you're trying to build and success you're trying to achieve? Because that was a fucking horrific accident, right? Like, yeah. Talk me through that accident and like how much did that like view how you you know or shape how you view the world? You know what I mean? And, sure. And the importance of going after your goals. That changed probably my whole uh, life course. Um, I was already coaching and training at that time, but not to the level that I got into after that. So I was, um, I was tying a train into a train car uh, over in East St. Louis Allerton over at Metro East Industries, tying this train in a train car. I'm counting this guy down on the track, and you're never supposed to be on the inside of a track. Well, I was uh, you know, still in the middle of training. I had no clue what I was doing, and I'm tying this train in. Guy's coming in crazy fast. And uh, I'm counting them down. I get to three, and I look up, and this train's, like, literally right on top of me. Yeah. Uh, smashes me into this train car, breaks my hips. I'm sideways. I'm in the middle of this, you know, my, my hips getting crushed by this train. From this way. Right. From and the so, side. Oh. Right, right. One was, like, an auto rack that you always see they carry cars in. And then the one, uh, the other car that, was, uh, that we were tying into was what they call a wood deck. Okay. Uh, it's, like, TTGX. Um, so it's a, it's a flat deck that they use with wood on top where they put, like, huge heavy equipment, um, maybe, like, turbines or something metal they're trying to transport that they can't ship metal on metal. Okay. So they'll put these big, big beams down on top of the uh, train car and then the, you know, whatever kind of equipment's on top of that. Yeah. The train car's broken. We're picking up a train car to repair it. I get smashed into this train car. The train car's on a chalk block. This whole train smashed me in this car. And I screamed out, oh, Jesus. And I don't know, you know, if it was an act of God or what. But the car pushes down the tracks, and uh, I fall back, and I kind of stumbled on my feet and just stumbled back, making sure I didn't just collapse right there by the train. So you weren't – so you got smashed in between – so a train is coming? I'm tying a train in. Train's coming in down the tracks. There's a car here. There's a car. You're in between those two. I'm in between them. The train smashes you into the car. Yep. The car proceeds to roll. after. The train pushes me and the car down. Past yeah. the chalk block. Yeah. Once the train pushes the car past the chalk block, it crushes through the block. Train car rolls down the tracks, and I like that's when you know when it's separated. That's when I was able to step back. Okay. So, so you it's, like it's pinned literally in between there for yeah. It was a uh, you know two like a second, two seconds, Whew. three seconds. I don't know. It doesn't ha- It happens fast, right? Yeah. So boom, you get crushed in between that. Now it's rolling, and now you're falling back. Um. So I'm on my feet, falling back, stumbling back, and I just made sure that uh, you know obviously that I didn't collapse right there on the track because then I'll just get cut in half. Yeah. So you had that wherewithal at least. Right. Uh, so I'm still con- I'm fully conscious. Um, that moment wasn't very painful because it just happened so fast. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Bam. Um, and then it separates and I stumble back and I collapse and my radio was on my hip. So my radio literally got crushed into my hip. I still have a divot on my ass from the radio, <laughs> like straight line right down my ass. Sorry to any girl that I ever date. I've got a I got a janky ass. I got a line in it. It's all right. Your ass will always be easy never, to pick out. It's, yeah, it's easy to figure it, Anytime pick out you're on lineup. the beach in a Speedo, bro, it's just like, oh, there's Jeremy's ass right there. Yeah, I see it. There it is. <laughs> there's that radio. We got to hit a number niner on that, yeah. on that booty. Um, so, I, you know, I stumble back, and uh, they're trying to contact me on the radio. They can't contact me because my radio's crushed. They finally just come down the train line. They find me laying there. They call it in. Um, you know, 15, 20 minutes go by. Ambulance comes out. That was the most painful ambu- ambulance ride ever. So I'm laying there on the floor. Ambulance guy comes up. He says, what happened? I explained to him what just happened. And he says, well, can you move your legs? And I think I could, like, move my toes, right, which Which is is a good good. sign. Absolutely. Um, 
which means just off the bat that I didn't completely sever my spinal column. Right. That's all it means. Right. And that just means all I, I didn't do it yet in that moment. doesn't mean it won't happen moments later. Yeah, it could be like frayed or... Sure. Yeah. So um, the guy, for some reason, grabs my hips. He lifts my hips off the ground and <sighs> drops my hips to the ground. Oh. Right? Which I, I'm positive isn't a medical procedure. How bad that hurt? Uh, it hurt a lot. And I didn't know what the... Like, I was so uh, stunned and it was so painful. I was like, don't do that again. <laughs> That's... So- Oh, God. And, you know, because you, bro. like, takes your breath away. It's like that kind of pain where you're like, oh. I'm going to rip your fucking head off. <laughs> but also, this guy's about to drive me to the hospital. Yeah. So I don't want to be too bad of friends with him. Uh, and every single track on the way out, we hit every single track. You so felt every bump. Every bump. And then there's two more tracks you got to cross over going down 15, and they took me straight to Barnes, um, Barnes Jewish Hospital. So what was recovery like for that? Like, how long did it take? So the recovery was probably um, – it came in parts, right? So the initial recovery was just getting up and walking around and being mobile. Yeah. Um, so I was like in a wheelchair for a bit and then on a cane. Um, and then, you know, once you got through just the absolute basics, then it's like building. So it was probably a half a year to just get to where I was mobile. Another year to where I was like probably um, in uh, decent shape. And then beyond that, probably another three, four years to where I felt like I was in like peak physical condition. So probably four, four, so total like five and a half, six years. So that's a that's a long road there. A very long road. So what's your mindset through that whole time? Uh, man, I think part of uh, part of it for me at least is that I just have nonstop optimism and enthusiasm. So not that I was in denial, but I was just immediately like, all right, I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And that was my mindset. Just focus on the work that you have to do. Right. And I didn't know what to what extent uh, my injuries would end up going to. I didn't know if they were going to be, um, you know, if it was going to be permanent, if I was going to have, like, some kind of permanent uh, hip problems later on in life. And, yeah. You know. Damn, dude. So is – was, was – so – I don't want to like assume for you, but yep. was that one of those catalysts that's like, man, this could have ended really terribly. I really need to take advantage of this opportunity or like this second chance, if you will, to like really make some shit happen. Did it put some things in perspective for you or? Yeah, um, I think that always, you know, something like that happening always has has a somewhat of a change. I mean, if it doesn't have some kind of a mental change, you're just not human. Yeah. Um, but that in particular, from a mindset aspect, first off, the first thing that it uh, made me realize is how beneficial all the therapeutic exercises are. Yeah. And so once I started realizing how important that was for my recovery, and then not just for my recovery, but for my pain management after the fact. Yeah. Um, when I found out how important that stuff was, that's when I started really, really diving into it. Because, okay. you know, your, your, your body's gone through this trauma and you're trying to work back through it. And so it's a painful process because not only are you trying to push your muscles like every single day so that they're back to just a normal level, you're also trying to surpass that because you're not just trying to train to become like average. Right. Um, and so it, you know, there was, there's a lot more hurdles. There's a lot more pain management, um, a lot more like range of motion stuff that I had to work on and work through. Um, that had I not been through that accident, I would never have found all that stuff. Was that a catalyst for you moving into the, the career that you're, you're in now? Definitely, definitely. One of the careers. (laughs) Yeah. So for the gym, it was definitely a catalyst for me going into the personal training field. Um, I had already been coaching and training at that point, but especially for helping people with pain management with like post-therapy type work. 
Um, you know, the medical system is so jacked up. They have, you know, if you get, if you hurt your shoulder and you go to the doctor, your doctor will, he's probably a general care practitioner, be like, hey, you know, you take this pill for uh, three weeks and call me back. And then you come back and you set up another appointment. So they've gotten two appointments out of that one visit, right? And then they're like, well, we'll send you to a specialist. So then they send you to a physical therapist, right? You go to a physical therapist, and if your shoulder's not fixed then, then you come back in. You're like, doc, shoulder's still a problem. He's like, all right, next step, surgery. So that's it. That, those are the three steps. They're like ibuprofen or painkillers, uh, physical therapy, and then surgery, right? But the problem isn't that they're trying to get your shoulder fixed. It's just that the system's methodology for fixing your shoulder isn't the best way to do it. So if you, if you have a shoulder injury, they might be able to get some strength back in your shoulder in just three weeks, but how are they going to address things like range of motion, things like pain, things like muscle shortening, things like muscles being weak? And you know, because you do the same type of stuff, uh, you know, you've been helping me work with my ankle and uh, calf for the past, uh, what, two months? Yeah. So... You know, you get these injuries. Had I go, gone through a traditional uh, method through the, the uh, medical field, I would be in a pin right now. They'd have a pin in my ankle so it doesn't move. It's immobilized. It would probably reduce the pain, but it would also eliminate my ability as an athlete. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the, the healthcare system is really like a sick care model, right? It's very react. It's like it's reactivary, reaction, right. reactionary. Yeah. Reactive? I don't know. I don't know the right word. Yeah, you're reactive. It's a reactive it's a process. Reactive system. You know, we're not being proactive. Right. We're not taking care of things at the source. Right. We're putting band-aids on things. Absolutely. And we're we're trying to treat symptoms yes. instead of make people actually better. Yeah. And to a lot of the doctors' credit, it's not necessarily their fault. They're really just practicing what they were taught in school. Which it's a system they're in, like they're right. a part of it. Yeah, and unfortunately, it can take two, sometimes three decades for new science to be filtered into academia. So that way, these kids are now learning, you know, the the right things. Right. You know, whether that's nutrition or just the the latest, uh, um, like things in like stem cells and just all the great shit that's going on. They just don't learn about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, how many times is a doctor going to sit down with you and talk about? All right, well, what are you doing for sleep? Right. What's your environment look like? Sure. Are you getting water? Are you getting sunlight? Yep. Like, what are you eating? They don't talk about these things. They're just like, oh, you're depressed? Here's a pill. Here's this. Here's a pill. Call me. And, yeah. uh, and to their credit, I mean, they're super busy people. They got a lot of fucking patients, and right. a lot of them are just weighed down with debt. You know what yeah. I mean? They have all this debt from school, and they're trying to pay that off. Yeah. It's just a vicious cycle, man. But once you know better, you know what I mean? It's like, man, there are so many other ways that we can start addressing these problems and start Absolutely. getting better before we turn to surgery, before yeah. we turn to the pharmaceuticals. Like, let's try these things first. And then go that route if we absolutely have to. Yes. 85% uh, of all body pain is, or I'm sorry, 85% of all, uh, yeah, of all body pain is muscle related. 85% of all body pain is muscle related. So if you're having body pain, that just means that like there, there's probably something that can be fixed, can be changed, can be modified with either your workouts, with your diet, with uh, maybe some kind of physical therapy exercises. But most of the time, nine times out of ten, whatever you're feeling can be fixed. Well, and a lot of the issues of, like, what people are feeling 
is it's just poor mechanics. Yeah. Like the body is a lot of times is a chain. Yep. Right. And uh, what people don't realize is it starts with the feet. Sure. You know, even all the way down to your big toe. Yep. And I talk about it all the time, but shoes are terrible for you. A yep. lot of us all day are walking in shoes, whether that's dress shoes or even sports performance shoes. They have an elevated heel. Yeah. With a narrow toe box. Yep. And you're essentially putting your foot in a cast. Right. Right. So when you're in that cast, it can't move like properly it can't yeah. build strength it can't do what it's meant to do right so then now you create all these issues up the chain that's when you start having knee problems and yeah. hip problems and lower back problems it all actually stems from like your ankle and your feet but we're not taking care of like the root cause right. of the chain you Agreed. know what i mean so yeah there's just a lot to look at that not everybody really thinks about or just they just don't have the knowledge you know the Health and wellness is just such a budding field, and there's always so much information. Who can really keep up with it all? Yeah, it's um, – man, there's – I don't even know how to best say, say uh, you know, what somebody would need to do to be on point, but, man – there's like so much. Yeah. Well, the beauty is even if you just do like a little bit, you yeah, know, it can just be like one thing here and there. A little because bit of there work. Is, yeah, because there is so much. You can't do it all, at least not right off the bat. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, there's there's a lot. You know, there's a lot to it. But I feel like the, if I had to give somebody the <laughs> fastest workout program advice I could give, like if I just had to narrow it down to just a couple things, make sure you're lifting three times a week, total body. Make sure you're doing cardio like three, five times a week. Yeah, even and if then it's just make like sure, walking. Yeah, even if it's just walking. And then make sure you're doing like stretching. So like those three things, and that will push you along like probably I would bet 80% of the population, probably more than that, probably like 90%. Yeah, man, just move your body, you know, get water, get sleep, eat real food. Just keep it very basic. You should make a card, just that would be on the card. <laughs> That's it. That's daily, it. Daily checklist. Man, so now you are building a construction company. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of like rounding out, you know, all the companies that you're working on, right? Yeah. And so that one I'm uh, really excited about for people that uh, don't know who I am. I've been uh, – I used to do construction before yeah, I got – Yeah, you've been in the trades for quite some time. Yeah, I started off – it was like the first real job that I had. Uh, I was about 20 years old, started doing construction for Helitech, eventually became a spokesperson for Helitech. Um, and then I got into a few, I just moved into the carpenters union. I'm a certified diesel mechanic. So I did construction for 10 years and I didn't have the, um, sales and marketing skills that I do now. Right. So now that I have all of that together with the construction experience, um, I'm really, really excited about putting my, uh, skills to work in that field and, uh, helping grow that as well as getting a, being able to do my own marketing. Yeah, dude, dude you're fucking grinding, dude. And, and like you said, you, in the beginning, you kind of built the technical skill part. Right. And then you added the back end things that you didn't have before. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? The the marketing, the sales, yes. you know, how how to actually put it all together. Sure. And then now you're you're using everything to build several companies. Yeah, I wasn't even um really wasn't even planning on getting back into the construction field, but I went down I went around to several different uh multi million dollar construction companies. I talked to them. I talked to them about, you know, what it was that they were doing, what they were trying to accomplish. And I told them, you know, here's some things I can help you with. And, like, I got shot down hard. Right? <laughs> like, people laughed at me. And so uh, they laughed. And I was like, you know, I, I was like, it's like the fifth time that I had gone and interviewed with a company trying to get, you know, get see if they're interested in my marketing skills. And so the fifth person that I went and talked to where he laughed, he's like, we're making millions. And, you know, we don't need we don't need to change our marketing. Our marketing's awesome. And I was like, your marketing sucks. I saw it. You know, I'm looking at it. That's why I'm here right now talking to you because you're marketing. Exactly. So um, after that, after the like the fifth one where I got shot down and they were like, yeah, we don't need your marketing. 
So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to do it for myself and I'll do the work and the marketing and the sales and um, I'll keep all the profits, not just the profits off the marketing side. Not the whole pie. Right. I mean, might as well, I guess. I have all the skill sets to do it, so yeah, put it all together. Fucking, you got to own the whole damn thing, dude. Own yeah. it all. Uh, I man, want more. You know, it's like it's like kind of like developing a trust where you've got like the skill sets to do everything from the beginning all the way to the end. And if you've got that skill, like you can really do a lot of work. Yeah, and that helps especially in the beginning when you're building and so Absolutely. you can start, you know, adding team members and replacing yourself in different areas so that Absolutely. you don't have to do it all. You don't. And What's the first thing you want to replace? Um, like, as far as like you want who who do you want is it sales is it marketing like who do you want to bring in first to help grow that's a good question the doing. first you know what the first one I would really love to bring in is a good marketing person who likes doing videos likes doing ad copies likes doing photography yeah because then I can take that one person and I can use them to um, grow all four businesses yeah so they'll they'll be able to work on everything right and eventually they'll be like your VP eventually I mean he'll hopefully yeah they keep killing it um, yeah that's what's up dude. So you yeah. got a plan? You about to take some shit over? About to do it. One, do it to it. What do you plan on doing with like once you like get there? If you, whatever there is, you know what I mean. Like sure. Once, once you start, you know, knocking some fucking things off the checklist. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been doing it. I've been knocking a lot of stuff off the checklist. Um, I've been doing video production. Um, you know, like a year ago, I went to Bangkok, did the videos for that. Yeah. Um, I've been do doing steady video stuff since. Uh, that's one thing that I really, really, really love doing is the video production. Yeah. So continuing to grow my skills in that one field is something that I'm super uh, excited about, as well as the broadcasting side. And I think those two together are going to be huge. Is that kind of where you see like your passion going the most? Is like that video broadcasting, like entertainment? Side of things yeah without a doubt yeah. um but also i'm not trying to skirt out on the hard work and i think that's something a lot of people do where they get these like grandiose ideas where like oh man i'll be like a you know a broadcast guy or they're you know i'll be an actor or whatever it is yeah they're willing to do the fun stuff that's like part of their dream but they're not willing to do the work stuff that's part of their dream dude you gotta do the work yeah that's what people don't see there's so many hours of just unseen work yeah just so that way you the listener can listen to an hour podcast or a five minute video or a one minute or 30 second clip. You know what I mean? It exactly. takes a lot of fucking time and effort and just energy and skill development and not just about skill development and the actual work. It's like the work to where you can show up and bam, 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 light switch. Everything's plugged in, ready to go. And then you've got it done and ready to, ready to happen. You're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, people see that easy part and they're like, Oh, I could do a podcast. Yeah. You just, turn all this shit on and then you just talk to someone for an hour it's or that so easy right it's here. like real real easy you know you just do a podcast yeah and then they get into it and then they're like oh man this is actual work like i don't know if i want to do this and yeah and so they're like i said they're willing to they're willing to get a, like the the cherry on top of the sunday but they're not willing to do the work to get the money yeah how do you like to learn i mean obviously you're learning a lot of different skills like how do you like to learn or what sources do you like to turn to for your education um, because I tend to multitask a lot I t prefer to learn through audiobooks and video okay because um, I can always be driving in my truck listening to some kind of an audiobook um, and then even with video stuff you can still listen to the video like while you're driving I think most people do like they kind of like turn YouTube on and just listen to it YouTube yeah just listen yeah, um, so those are my two favorite ways because it it helps me consolidate time yeah. 
and I usually end up driving. Uh, this is a new thing for me. I didn't used to have to drive like at all, but um, now that I'm like kind of doing working on a bunch of different stuff, I'm having to drive a lot more. So now I'm finding myself driving an easy five to eight hours a week. Okay. And then I take that time instead of it just being blank drive time. I always try to have some kind of an audio book where I'm working on skill development. Um, listen to like somebody's podcast um, yeah. where you've got and not just some, you know, some bullshit that people are talking about where they're actually talking about real stuff that I think is pertinent, that is uh, going to enhance my lifestyle. Yeah, um, that's what I try to keep my my mindset towards with my free time when I'm not, you know, doing whatever else I'm doing. Yeah, just like actively using that downtime for something productive. Right. And there's so much downtime uh, for some people that it's insane they don't do something like that. Yeah. It's really easy just to chip away, right? Just a little bit here and there goes and just a long get, way. Yeah, and developing that habit and that mindset. Because, like, at first you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to listen to podcasts. I'd rather listen to music. But once you develop, like, one habit and you've just got that habit in the bag, that's what you do. Like, I get in my car, I turn on podcasts, I turn on a YouTube video educational something, uh, Harvard, Harvard uh, Business Review, Harvard Book Review. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot that you can do if you just make it a habit. And once you have those habits, you can – it's always easy to add one habit on. Yeah. And if you just – and you make that, that one habit, then you add another one. Before you know it, you got 30, 40, 50 big habits that are, in, you know – that's an insane number of habits to do like in one day. But for you, it's a normal thing because that's just what you do. Yeah. You just take the time and just consistently do it and just add them along the way and just keep chipping at it. Like you said, right on dude. Well, man, this has been a fantastic conversation. We're, uh, we're, we're at that time. Um, thanks dude. I hope you're subscribed to this podcast. (laughs) Check this dude out outside perspective. This shit is bringing the heat. Make sure you hit the subscribe button right now. That was your commercial. That was fucking great. Um, tell the folks how they can check you out. Oh, yeah. Uh, follow <laughs> me on Instagram. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Jeremy Jenin. Make sure to sign up for Meme City. Uh, only sign up for Meme City if you have an extremely odd sense of humor. And uh, other than that, follow me on Facebook. All right. Right on, dude. Um, Jeremy Janine. Janine French is Janine. G-E-N-I-N. I always say Janine. Like gin and juice. Mmm, sipping on some. Ooh, I like it. All right, everybody. Until next time. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to that. Jeremy is a fun, fun guy. I really like that human. Um, hey, listen, if you are getting value out of the podcast, do me a solid. Just leave a rating, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please leave a five-star rating and review or just an honest rating and review. It doesn't even necessarily be, have to be five stars. If it is, that is definitely honest because we're rocking and rolling. But leave us a rating and review. Also, head over to YouTube and check out the video experience over there. We've partnered with Convergence Media Group. And we've really have been improving the video experience and just the overall show has just improved since partnering partnering with them. And if you would like to also partner with them, uh, bring them onto the team, you can, man. They work with companies across all industries. They will help you with your strategy and your uh, content creation and they will help you just grow your brand and your company in a digital world. So go check them out. You can go to convergencemg.com. You could also go to convergencemg uh, on any social and kind of see them there. And uh, we've been very happy with them. So check us out. Go to, go to our YouTube page, Outside Perspective, and you'll see just how good um, 
you know the quality of of content that we're putting out so go check us out there hit that subscribe button um tell a friend just do all that good stuff and just help us grow this thing and um as always big thank you to jumbo superfoods i know i plugged them at the beginning but you know go to jumbocbd.com use the code outside when you check out you'll save 20 percent and then you can always go over to imposedwill.com. Check us out over there. We're a lifestyle mindset brand, and we're just helping people impose their will on life. And it all starts with the mind, folks. So we do have a full line of apparel. You can save uh, 10% on that when you use the code outside. It helps show some, uh, show some support that way. And, uh, yeah, guys, that's all I have for you this week. We have... A ton of amazing guests on the horizon so stay tuned guys just keep you know keep riding with us and uh, we're all going to gain some perspective for sure so love you guys i will catch you next time peace Mwah.